Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hey, David. It's going fantastic. Do you have coronavirus yet? I don't know. I've, I've got a little tickle maybe right now. I don't know if it's because I was dry, whether it's a CPAP or whether I've got uh, SARS. I'm not sure. Right. Maybe you have one of the old ones. People don't care well, if you die uh, from SARS. No, this, is, this is SARS 2. Oh, this is SARS 2? T-O-O or T-W-O? Uh, T-W-O. Okay. SARS 2. It's SARS. It's, uh, what is it called now? It's called, uh, I can't remember, but it's oh, well. SARS-CoV-2. Okay. SARS-CoV-2 because it's a severe adult respiratory syndrome virus. It's the same virus that caused SARS essentially. Okay. So it's more accurate or something than COVID. I don't know. Well, thanks for letting me know. Yeah, hopefully I don't have to be ventilated during this. Well, you have your CPAP anyways. Isn't it the same? No, it's not the same, <laughs> David. Oh, my God. I've, I've, you know what? The thing is, I've, I've had to teach so many people stuff I just take for granted about PPE. What's the difference between an N95 and a P100 and a surgical mask? What's the difference between CPAP and ventilators and BiPAP and all these other? So people, it's kind of cool because people are starting to get really into um, – personal protective equipment they're arguing about it but no one has a clue about any of this stuff right um i guess it's it's good that people are taking an interest in this stuff maybe they'll become educated well i won't bet on it but we'll see yeah me neither so today i wanted to talk about circumcision i won't get into my reasons as to why but i it's been on my mind pretty steadily because i'm jewish and so not too much information. I've followed the trend uh, of being circumcised, right. um, not by my choice. Now, were, were you circumcised as a baby or when you were 13? No, as a baby. Yeah. So it's very, it's eight days old is the tradition in oh, Judaism. Oh, I, um, thought, I thought for some reason in the Bible, it talked about, I thought it was kind of a rite of passage into manhood or something that you got your foreskin. No, that's the bar mitzvahs, your rite of passage of becoming a man the first time you read from the Torah. But circumcision is something about like the covenant with God or something. And so, right, but you can't make a covenant with God until you're a man. That's why I thought in the, like in the Bible, I thought they did it to uh, their boys when they turned 13, not when I, they were a baby. I think, think the baby things are relatively new. I'm not actually sure about that. I have no idea, yeah. but sure, like, as far as I know, it's always I'm guessing, been. I'm guessing eight the modern days old. Jew probably is like, uh, cut that shit off me when I'm too young to remember, not when I'm 13. Right. And so, but yeah, so anyway. I wanted, I've just kind of taken it until, you know, a year or two ago, I just took it for granted because I didn't think about it. I mean, I didn't, it's not like I had to make the decision for anyone at the time, but, yeah. um, you know, I just took for granted. Yeah, circumcise your sons. That's just what happens. And I remember even once I came across a protest somewhere in the States of a bunch of people dressed in all white with just like red blotches at their crotch yeah. and they were protesting circumcisions. And I, I def- this summer when I went to Yellowstone park, I was driving. Oh really? Through, yeah. The state and there was all these circumcision protesters. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And I defiantly like laughed at their face that of course I'm going to circumcise my kid. And I didn't even have a reason, but it was just like, right. of course I was going to do that. Um, and so recently I've actually thought about it and I think, it's, you know, pretty, it's completely immoral. I still hesitate to say that because it's so ingrained in me that circumcision is what you do, but it's completely immoral to cut, uh, like to cut a young 
baby's penis. And to do that, why? Because a ghost in the sky told an old man to do it 5,000 years ago, right? Like that is the reason if you actually ask people why they circumcise, they do not have a better reason than that. Um, But it's just taken for granted in Jewish circles. And I'm confused by it and also interested that I hear or I used to hear about, you know, all of this stuff around female genital mutilation, which is essentially like they something quite similar. It's, it's da- more damaging to the woman than a circumcision circumcision seems to be to a boy. But like, I don't understand why this isn't more widely discussed, why it's not more of an issue that, you know, this is a, a human entity that you are abusing because of some ritual some like spiritual ritualistic it, it, it's a barbaric yes. cultural practice is what it is right it's a barbaric right cultural but it's practice. we should but, all be calling that barbaric cultural practice report a barbaric cultural practice oh the hotline, hotline right that uh harper set up to right you know, yeah but it seems like jews not to get into just like jews and jews status in culture but it seems like we're not allowed to talk about that in this way but there are many other cultures that we can and i mean still religion as such has a like there are cults that could maim kids or whatever and that would be reported but if it hits the status of a religion whether judaism christianity or i mean maybe not islam but at least judaism or christianity is like more accepted it's more even though it's just mystical bs right well i'm going to make the same argument i made in our last um last episode we recorded on COVID where I'm saying, you know, uh, maybe we ought to, even though, even though COVID is far more serious than the flu by it seems anyways, maybe we should start using the precautions we're using for COVID to think about the flu. Maybe we should treat the flu as seriously as we're treating COVID um, because of the, of the harm that the flu does. While I look at this kind of the same way, we, we all decry female genital mutilation um, because yeah, it is. And, and usually when you bring up male circumcision, they say, well, this is more serious. This is, this is like obviously wrong. Well, yeah, it, it's more serious, but maybe we should also treat gen- mutilating the genitals of boys the same way, even if it's not as, yeah, I agree with you. And you know, it's one of my greatest regrets in life, to be honest with you, was deciding to have my son circumcised. I, you know, was a, a practicing evangelical Christian at the time. Um, sorry, are you, are you there, David? Yeah, I just am having a lag, so I turned off my video. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I was a practicing evangelical Christian at the time, and my um, doctor came to me and, and asked if we wanted to circumcise. And he said, you know, the Academy of Pediatricians recommends against it. There's no value to it. And I hummed and hawed for a bit. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like the Bible, circumcision is, is, uh, you know, encouraged. It seems to me it's like it's part of the culture. I want him to look like me. I I don't want uh, girls to laugh at his penis uh, when he gets older. So, yeah, I'm going to circumcise him. And... Yeah, I regret it. it. There was that. That is not a good reason. None of those are good reasons to mutilate your child's genitals. It was horrific. Um, it was terrible uh, thing to do. I mean, to inflict that kind of physiological pain on a baby. Yes, he's not going to remember it, but his nervous system 
will remember it. And there's all sorts of research uh, about this. You know, I've, I've decreased his ability, his um, sexual uh, feeling. I mean, it's well known that the foreskin contributes to greater sexual feeling or satisfaction. There's, I mean, it's, it's there for a reason. And, uh, you know, I just, I mutilated his genitals. You know, I feel absolutely shitty about it. I, you know, I, I wish I didn't do that. And, yeah. um, you know, if, if my listeners out there, I hope you, if you have a son, you consider what we're saying here and, and don't do it. There's no, there's no good reason to do it. Three things come to mind for me. I lost one of them, but number two is how, like within my Jewish circles like i mean most of my friends wouldn't care one way or the other but some of my family members i think would literally disown me if like i know they will if i don't circumcise my son because that's like heresy right like that you're breaking right. the it's covenant thing, with god it's a thing that's yeah it's a thing that separates you from the gentiles it's to distinguish you as a chosen people right something like that yeah it's the covenant with god that only we have or whatever but i can't get around the fact why do we do this because a ghost in the sky told an old man to do it five thousand years ago that is the reason and i don't understand how anyone could make a decision if they clearly think about it in that manner and the other thing that um comes to mind is what you brought up about sexual pleasure um you know ayn rand has the view that Christianity in particular, but perhaps this extends to Judaism as well, really just has a hatred for pleasure. She does a, she has some speeches on like different speeches, papal cyclicals or whatever they're called from the Pope. And um, she talks about how Christianity really just has a hatred for pleasure. And so this could be in line with that, that the main reason it's actually instituted is the same reason that female genital genital mutilation is instituted so they cannot feel as much pleasure because you're not supposed to enjoy pleasure in this life. And, yeah, well, and I so think sex, sex is for reproduction, right? And, right. and this is uh, what a lot of these um, cultures that, that do genital mutilation seem to have in common is that they, they view sex as an act for reproduction and something that can, and, and having too much pleasure can lead you down kind of sinful pathways. And when I was in, um, I was in Africa in Tanzania uh, back years ago and I was touring a Maasai village and they were, you know, we asked them about, um, about female circumcision and, you know, they were saying, well, it's illegal here, but it's still something that the girls want to do when they turn 13, because this is their passage, their rite of passage into, into womanhood. Right. And so, at 13, they asked for this to be done. And it's not that they don't, they don't do a clitorectomy where they actually cut the clitoris off, which is how most female genital mutilation is kind of portrayed. Uh, they, they, it's essentially akin to a, a male circumcision. They cut the hood of the clitoris off, the, the protective hood, which is kind of like the foreskin, essentially, on a female. So, um, so that's how they do it there. Now, if it were more like that, um, you know, maybe I could, I, I could see, make a, an argument that like, okay, if you're an adult, yeah, you should be able to modify your body however you want. I, I think 13 is probably a little too young to make that decision for sure. Um, you know, 18 might be a better, like that's, that seems to be a more proper time to have a rite of passage, but really cutting your dick or your genitals, that, that seems right. like 
a terrible rite of passage. You got to do, surely there's a better way of, of signifying that you're becoming an adult. Yeah. And I think two things come to mind there. One, you know, the, what is the proper kind of age of majority? I do think changes over time, right? So like it could be 5,000 years ago, you were an adult at 13, 14. People were probably more responsible for themselves back then. Um, but, you know, I can't say that with certainty. So I do think that the traditions have different ages than, um, you know, what makes sense in current culture. But I think another aspect of it is this sort of rich, the, the, the irrationality of the ritual as such. Because, you know, so when I think of men who convert to Judaism, at any age, to actually be allowed into the religion, you have to get circumcised. And even if you're already circumcised, you still have to, like, have a bris, or is what the ceremony is called in Judaism, and they still poke your penis to draw blood. So it's like you still need to, even if you're circumcised, you still need to, like, have a blood sacrifice to God. And so it's like, so, it's also kind of barbaric, right? Yeah, well, I, I remember reading uh, when I was a kid, you know, I, I was reading through the whole Bible there and there was one uh, passage in there. I can't remember exactly the context, but I remember a, a bunch of Gentiles or, you know, the Jews converted a bunch of Gentiles into Judaism and, and they cut all their foreskins off and they called the mountain, the Mount of foreskins or something because of all the foreskins laying on the top of this mountain. I'm like, oh my God, this is just, I couldn't imagine having this done as an adult. Like, geez. Um, yeah, you normally need like anesthetic or something. Yeah. Because there fantastic. are some, I have heard of some people who need medical circumcisions. Like there yeah. is an issue with their actual genitalia, that there's blood, yes. like there's issues with blood flow and these sorts of things. So there are times where it's a proper medical procedure, but that's completely yeah. different than, you know, what we're talking about generally. But yeah, I do absolutely. think in as an adult, even for like a, you know, a, a, like a tribal circumcision as an adult, I'm assuming they would still have some sort of anesthesia that they wouldn't yeah. just go s- yeah. sniff. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I, I often hear uh, proponents of circumcision say, well, uh, you know, it's, it's cleaner to have the foreskin off or, um, you know, your chance of getting AIDS is lower if you if you uh are circumcised and and so that's what they use to kind of support this thing of circumcision but of course you you can just teach someone how to clean their penis properly and you right know, uh like there are plenty of ways to avoid getting aids uh <laughs> like just getting married you know having a wife that doesn't have it that, that would be helpful and you know like not having bum sex with a bunch of random people or you know having unprotected sex in con in the heart of continental africa or something like that those are all good ways of, of preventing aids it's pretty easy it turns out to avoid getting it um if you try uh so but you know and i still don't think that's a good reason to force it upon eight-year-olds right. even sure. if there was robust medical evidence then it would be a very complicated question of can a parent do this to their kid? Because, you know, there are some people do question, do a parent, does a parent have a right to vaccinate their kid? But that's very different as well. Right. And and, and it's important to note that a number of babies a year uh, lose their dick and uh, lose their life from circumcision. Right. I didn't Uh, know that. Yeah. It's, it's not, uh, you know, it, it's got, it has complications. It has risks. 
So there, uh, there was, you know, I, you know, TLC or some of these like trashy television channels. Uh, there was one I remember watching back when I indulged in such things. It was like born a boy, raised a girl. And it's because right. apparently they sometimes use electricity to do circumcision for some reason. Like Jews definitely just yeah. have, you know, an old man with a knife and you just go snip. But so, so like they accidentally burnt this child's penis off with um, their electrical circumcision or something. And then the parents had to decide, should we try and raise this person as a boy without a penis or as a girl? Um, and so like, I mean, that's an extreme example, but I think broadly, I call in the whole practice into question. And, and yeah. I don't understand how more people don't. And I don't know if it's just right. because well, we don't question Jews or we don't question, quote, mainstream religion generally <laughs> or what it is. But it's interesting how it's kind of leaked out and it's kind of some people just do it generally now and they don't even really know why or have good reasons. Right. Well, like me, I, I didn't have a solid reason other than everyone else is doing it and I did it and it's, I want them to be the same. Right. Right. Um, you know, I, I did hear once that Dr. Kellogg, you know, the guy that invented cornflakes is responsible for popularizing circumcision in North. Oh, is that why they look like that? <laughs> what? <laughs> cornflakes look like, uh, Oh, I mean, <laughs> you know, the story behind cornflakes is he and he, Dr. Kellogg was, was obsessed with preventing people from masturbating. That was his like number right. one thing. And so cornflakes were invented to, <laughs> because he wanted a bland food that wouldn't stimulate the senses and get people all excited. <laughs> he thought that if he fed people bland nutritious food they wouldn't get all horny and want right. to jerk off right and while that, right. that's the same reason why he promoted circumcision because he felt like uh if he cut if we cut the the foreskin off dicks then there'd be less uh jerking off going on so you know he would he but again it, it's the same motivation as as these uh religions have is that we, we want to reserve sex for reproduction not for um for pleasure and and uh you know sinfulness or something like yeah. that and without getting too far into it, I have explored myself quite robustly. And I oh would, I would say I that really I, I would say that I do think I, it's impossible to know how it would be different with or without a foreskin. Cause I mean, unless you get an adult circumcision, you never have both opportunities, but I'm fairly certain that um, it lessens the pleasure available. Just from yeah. like, I don't know how they do studies about this broadly, but from my own experience, I would say I'm almost certain that's the case. Yeah, I think it makes sense. I think, you know, the foreskin protects, it's got, you're, you're cutting off millions and millions of nerve endings for one. The foreskin protects the, the head of the penis, which, you know, normally is kind of uh, red and, and and super sensitive, right? Like if you look mm -hmm. at uh, when your, your animals or when your dog gets a little, woody uh it's this little red look almost looks like a lipstick thing like i think that's normal yeah well i don't know i have no i have no uh i have no experience with with the, uh an uncircumcised penis at all so, so right i can't say but I, i'm guessing it it's a little bit more um we need uh, to I find someone <laughs> well you don't have to but we I, I we need to find someone who has a circumcised who has an uncircumcised penis who's willing to talk and compare notes about their experience of sex 
and then we can start to investigate. Maybe you're not comfortable to talk about it. I'm comfortable to talk about it. And we can investigate the differences in the subjective experience as a starting point, at least. Right. Apparently, the other thing that uh, a circumcised penis does, well, there's apparently there's less. It looks better in pornography. I guess. I don't know. It, it, it definitely it cuts off some of the girth and, and mass of the... Maybe it just looks better to me because that's what I'm used to. But sorry, it, you, you were saying something about friction? Yeah, apparently there's less friction with a, with a uncircumcised penis. And also the, the, the foreskin acts as a suction cup to suck the, the uh, semen of the last guy who came out of there, apparently. So it gives you an evolutionary advantage at getting your sperm up there, multiple partners okay i don't know i I heard that once i don't know if that's maybe i'm I'm just talking the friction thing makes sense and when you think of the actual function of it and so the the benefit of that is it's supposed to be less uh painful for the woman right if like it doesn't require as much lubrication or something like that right Um, because like the penis moves within the skin itself right yes yeah yeah so well, we, anyways, do you have any less, last thoughts on this? I wanted to kind of well, get I mean, myself on the record at least because it's right. really, it, it's, it, it's unbelievable to me. It's like, I, it's awake, like I'm waking up to all of these things, right? And it's like, holy shit, right. I'm so glad I realized this before I have children. Um, but I know that like family members will disagree with me and some of them disagree actively and some just don't think and thus disagree. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, one aspect we could talk about is, um, you know, it, it, to me, it falls into the same category as as other abusive things you could do to your children, right? Like uh, hitting them or something like that serves mm. no purpose, um, you know, and and it's an initiation of force that doesn't protect them from anything, um, and and that sort of thing, um, and and so that's kind of the category I put circumcision into. Uh, it's one thing to make your kid brush your teeth. Like this is how I tend to think of parenting. Uh, I look at force as something to be used protectively. In other words, I stop my kids from going out on the road. I, I, they have to brush their teeth or, you know, they get unhealthy. They have to eat uh, healthy food. They mm-hmm. have to eat what's on their plate, like different things. No problem. Use force, like make sure that they're doing it. Things that, fall outside protective force are morally impermissible from my perspective. But that is also not to say that I want the state to interfere in family relationships uh, because to me, removing that custodianship from parents um, requires a super high bar uh, to do because ripping that kid, even from an abusive parent uh, is horribly traumatic to a child. Um, and, and needs to be done with, with care and caution. So I want people to understand that just because you circumcise your kid like I did, or, you know, you spank him occasionally, I'm not advocating here that the state get involved in, um, in, in removing your child from you or getting involved in your relationship with your child or, or anything like that. Um, but I, I do kind of wish that, uh, that elective circumcisions were essentially banned um, yeah, you know, I, I just think there's no medical reason to do them. I think um, there's no good reason to do them, and we we shouldn't support it. And there ought to be 
you know, some kind of punishment for doctors that continue to do it. Maybe uh, there ought to be some punishment for parents who do it to their children, but that shouldn't be involved removing your parents, your child from, from you or something like that. But yeah. So from what I, the small amount I've read about like Rand's view on this is it's very much in line with yours. Like, unless you can prove actual, like, physical abuse that's damaging to the kid the state should definitely not come in and like if there's psychological abuse or some sort of spanking or whatever like yeah the state is not to be involved there but i do think circumcision would be an interesting like very difficult kind of pinnacle case of this is like you know if they were chopping off his hand you the state could potentially go in and say no this is an end this is a human that has rights you cannot right. chop off his hand yeah, um, I mean, and I, so circumcision I at, I, is an interesting. Right. Yeah, I, I look at it like, um, you know, when I think about what should the government do here, I think about, well, what do I have the right to do, right? Do I have the right in the moment to stop someone from cutting a baby's foreskin off? I, I think I probably do. Do I have a right in the moment to stop uh, someone from hitting a kid? I think I do. I think I can use force against those who are initiating that that action or that force. Mm -hmm. um, do I have the right to take that child away? And well, um, I, first of all, if I'm going to do that, I have to acknowledge that I need to be in a position where I can take on the duty to be a custodian for that child personally. And, um, you know, I think I have to meet a pretty high bar and I don't think I, I have that right. Uh, mm -hmm. but I think in the moment I can stop it. Um, but th that's about as far as it goes. Right. And I suppose whether or not government can quote, take the kid is, we, you'd have to so some I'm, I'm just kind of you know going off the top of my head you'd have to prove or somehow try to prove that there's a repeated and continual threat of that force right, right? so every day there's a risk yeah. of them doing it so it's like well you can stop it each time at some point what does that actually look like then but that's like i think maybe a different episode we can talk about. we've talked in the past about the role of the government in kids yeah. and this sort of stuff and about how the whole culture needs to be different and you protect your community and your, like, you know, your family's kids and be good people. Um, so we don't necessarily have to go down case for you, David. What, yeah. what do you think about uh, um, how does getting your baby's ears pierced compared to um, circumcision in your book? That's interesting. I don't know my answer off the top and even like vaccination, I think would be more acceptable and ear piercing I mean, that's also not permanent. You can take the earring out and it closes. It's not like removing something. It's not physically altering forever, right? I think if yeah. you spaced a baby's ear, you know, right? <laughs> if you started to space it and stretch it out so it hangs, you know, a foot down, that's more of a problem. I'd have to look more, but I think, you know, I think this is all the philosophy of law and what rights do children have, what rights do babies have. That's, it's a complicated thing generally. But off the top, yeah, if it's not permanent um, and yeah, if, it, if it's not permanent, uh, I think that's more acceptable at least. But I don't actually know about my thoughts on that. I'd have to think about it more. Fair enough. Yeah, It's I mean, definitely I'm less bad than, than I circumcision. Yeah, I, I kind of look at it the same way. I don't see a good reason to do it. I mean, again, I have some sympathy for both circumcision and ear piercing and stuff like that. It's like, you're trying to fit in with culture. You don't want your kid to stand out and you know, you can make kind of make an argument and be sympathetic.
empathetic to some degree to it, but um, you know, at the end of the day, you're inflicting and, pain. Yeah, and I think ear piercing as well. Like I would trust a seven-year-old to decide, oh yeah, I want my ears pierced, right? Like a young child can make that decision for themselves. Yes. So it's like, well, you really have to pierce your kid at three yeah. before or two before they can yeah. talk. wait but, till they're five and ask them. Right. By the same token, you know that every female in this society is going to get their ear pierced at some point. And um, would it, would you prefer to have your ear pierced when you were a baby or when you were... 13 or something like that, when you're going to feel a lot more pain and remember it and be, and get all worked up and anxious about it as it's about to happen. Yeah. I, I don't uh, know, but I don't you, know. Yeah. Any last uh, thoughts on circumcision? No, not really. No. I, I mean, again, you know, people that are listening as a guy that's had to make the decision and, and regretted it, um, do your homework, make sure, you're doing what's in the best interest of your child, not what's in the best interest of you or, or society or just following cultural norms blindly because um, it is a serious thing and, and you are causing irreparable damage uh, to your child by doing that. And so, um, you know, I, would, I, I guess I would just leave it there. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, David.